to the High Praises Church podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. While you're standing, I'm just going to read one verse of scripture out of Luke 18, and then we're going to come back and cover more later in the message. Luke 18, verse 23. This is the rich young ruler. Jesus says, but the scripture says, but when he heard this, the rich young ruler, but when he heard this, he became very sorrowful for he was very rich. You can be seated. I want to talk today, brothers and sisters, from the subject, Surrendering Your All. We welcome our online audience and those who are watching via airwaves. We thank God for everyone that's seated in this sanctified place, this sacred place. We thank God for this convening, for this conclave. We thank God for our lead pastor, Pastor Chris. Let's give him a hand clap of praise. Amen. Surrendering your all. That's what I want to talk about for a brief moment today. How praises, I don't know about you guys, and Pastor Billy alluded to it in his, while, he was, while he was ministering. I don't know about you guys, but um, I am one of those ones who I am truly grateful for grace. Um, I, I don't know if I got any witnesses in the house today, but at this stage in my life, my past really doesn't matter. It's all covered under the blood of Jesus Christ. It's irrelevant at this point in life, amen, somebody, but, but I know where I came from. I know what I've done. I know my proclivities. I know my propensities. I know my Achilles heel, amen. You need to know all of that about yourself, amen. Last thing you need is the enemy sneaking up on you, hallelujah, and messing with you in areas that you are weak in. Saints of God, can I suggest to you that two things you have to study. Number one, you have to study yourself. But more than that, not only do you have to study yourself, you need to study the word of God. Hallelujah, somebody. And you need to know the God, the Jesus, the Holy Ghost, who is all powerful enough to help you get over you in the midst of this constant spiritual warfare that is waging in the atmosphere, in our lives, in our homes, and everywhere we go. Amen. God is able to help us overcome everything that tries to bind us in this life. We love, what I've discovered is we love many times playing the blame game. It started with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, and Adam took up the forbidden fruit, and God shows up and says, Adam, where are you? And Adam said, the woman. God shows up to Eve and said, Eve, where are you? And she said, the serpent. And we can constantly play that game even to this day. Hallelujah. Trying to play the blame game. But what I've discovered, saints of God, is can't nobody make you do anything. You do it yourself. Do I have any witnesses in the house today? Can't nobody make you do anything. Oh, they pushed my last button. You just don't know. Yeah, you allowed them to push your last button. Can't nobody make you do anything. You do it yourself. You need to pray God give you a good doses of self-control. Amen. And he'll do it. It's one of the fruit of the spirit. This is why I love the fact that 1 Corinthians 10 and 13 tells us there has no temptation taken us that's not coming to man. But God who is faithful will give us a way of escape in the midst of everything that tries to come up against us. So I personally, I am uh, elated this morning. I am all the way grateful and I understand that I am a recipient of God's grace and his mercy. And you need to know today, as you are alive, breathing his good breath and his good air, you are a recipient of God's grace and his mercy. He didn't have to do it, but he did. Amen. And my heart is fully grateful and full of gratitude. 
I understand that there is no way in the world that I should be here. There's no way in the world that I should be here and be blessed the way I am. Beautiful family, beautiful life, and know everything's not perfect, but I am tremendously indebted to Jesus Christ all the way for what he's done for me in my life, and I personally want to pause for the cause, and I don't know if anybody want to join in with me, but I want to give Jesus some praise, amen, for all he's done in my life and all that he is doing right now and all that he's going to do for my future. If he's the God of my past, he's the God of my present, and he's the God of my future. Amen. Can we give him a hand clap of praise? I'm grateful. Hallelujah. I mean it with all my heart, Jesus. I am truly grateful. I was meditating on something the other day, and it caught me, it grasped me, and I'm just stuck on it, and I'm just in awe. The Bible says in Luke 12, 32, do not fear, little flock, for it is the Father's good pleasure to give to you the kingdom. I got stuck on that. I just got stuck on it. I'm mesmerized by it, and I'm just going through it over and over again. He says, Luke 12, 32, do not fear, little flock, for it is the Father's good pleasure to give to you the kingdom. And this text is written in the midst of a text, amen, where Jesus is telling us not to worry. Yeah, Philippians 4 and 6, the writer tells us, if you're going to pray, don't worry. And if you're going to worry, don't pray. He didn't say that, but that's an old song that I remember, amen, from a gospel writer. But what he did say in Philippians 4 and 6 is be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything, but in prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. And so, saints of God, when you're bothered to worry about things that you see and things that you don't like, God says, pray, give it to me and I'll exchange. I'll send my peace in the midst of your worry and in the midst of your anxiety and I will replace that anxiety and that worry with my peace. Amen, somebody. That's the God that we serve. And so Jesus is saying right here in Luke 12, 32, don't worry what to eat. He says, don't worry about clothes. We, he says, don't worry about life. And we understand that we got to work. Amen. The Bible says if a man don't work, he don't eat. Amen, women. And the sisters said amen. <laughs> Instead, Jesus compares us to birds and flowers. And he, he talks about the birds and the flowers, and he says, take a look at the birds and the lilies of the field, and if, if God provides for them, how much more are you important than they are? He will, God will provide for us too. Amen. And he concludes with this statement, therefore, seek first the kingdom of God, and Matthew says, in his righteousness and all these things shall be added to our lives. Amen. We serve an amazing God. Hallelujah. He's worthy of our praise today. And when I tell you this morning that God speaks, I'm a living witness. God speaks. And I just want to give you two quick testimonies of things that I, how I've seen the hand of God and how I've seen the voice of God show up in my life and give me answers to things that I was needing and worrying about and how he told me, don't worry and don't, don't fret and just stand. One, number one, April 17th, 94, I gave my life to Christ. I'm living for Jesus. I gave up all of my previous lifestyle. I said, Lord, I'm all the way in. I'm not trying to play church. I want to be the church. I want church. I want you, Jesus. Every time the doors of my church opened at my home church, I was there. 
I was the first one there. I was in the park. I was just one of those Christians. Anybody else was like that when you first, I was just in. Nobody was like that. My God, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I was in. And, and, and one of the things I did, Pastor Chris, I, um, I was out in the world a lot. Y'all looking at me like, uh-oh. So y'all been saved and sanctified all y'all life, so y'all wasn't out in the world. I was out in the world a lot. Amen. And I'm not ashamed to tell anybody, God saved me from my sins. Amen. Saved me from everything. So, so one of the things I did, I said, Lord, you know, you know, I was out there and I said, Lord, I don't, I don't, <laughs> Jesus, I said, Jesus, I don't need a girlfriend. I need a wife. Anybody know what I mean? So that was my prayer. And, and I prayed that prayer, and, and, and I don't have time to tell you the whole story because if I was to tell you the whole story, it would blow your mind because God then began to orchestrate some things where immediately as I prayed that, I met somebody that knew my wife now, but I ignored the signs. And I said, I'm waiting on God. I was, I was so spiritually minded that I was no earthly good. Amen, somebody. Lord, I want to see the fleece wet in the morning. That's how I'm going to know. No, Lord, I saw the fleece wet, but today, God, I want the fleece dry. That's how I'm going to know she the one. He never showed up that way. He showed up with a girl on the job that had a crush on me. And when she found out I was saved, she said, here's my God sister who was my wife now. And I said, oh, I'm waiting on God. And so, Brother Tracy, time transpires. You all know this. And so I'm going into a year now, and, and, and I can't lie to you, I'm working third shift, and, and I wake up in a groggy mood, and I'm on my way to work third shift, and I'm driving in my car, and I don't know if anybody remember the old radio broadcast, Unshackled. But Unshackled, I used to love those stories, I still love them, I YouTube those stories to this day. And I'm listening to Unshackled, when all of a sudden this righteous indignation rises up in me, and I said, Lord, and I'm, I'm upset with you, Lord. I just don't understand. You know, Jesus, I could have stayed out in the world. I could have kept doing what I was doing. And all I asked you for was a wife and you ain't gave me nothing. And all of a sudden, I don't know where it came from. A car was behind me. Lights on bright. And the car recklessly pulls from behind me, recklessly flies past me and recklessly pulls in front of me. And the Holy Spirit said, look, now, when you hear the voice of God, you ought to know when God speaks. And I said, yeah, I'm looking. But, Lord, let, first of all, let me give them a piece of my holy sanctified horn mine. <laughs> I wanted to lay on the horn, and it was nighttime, so I couldn't stick nothing out the window. It wouldn't have made a difference anyway. They wouldn't have saw it. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit said, look. And I'm looking, and I said, what? And he said, look, and I look at the license plate. And the moment I'm telling you I'm fussing, I'm angry, I look at the license plate, and the license plate had I, S, A, four, zero, three, one. And I said, what is that? That scripture? He said, yeah. And I was a novice. I'm learning the Bible at this time. So I'm riding down the road, about to drive out the road, turn my dome light on. I'm flipping through my Bible because we didn't have phones at that time. We had bricks. You know, we, they, they didn't do all the stuff phones do today. So I'm flipping through my Bible. And all of a sudden I said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk. You can't tell me God don't speak. He spoke to me right then when I needed to hear from him. And I said, thank you, Jesus. Been waiting a long time. I received that. Amen. Well, there's another time where 
I'm married now. I'm on first shift. I get off a of first shift and I'm worrying about a lot of things that, you know, I, I need to get taken care of. And, and I, I, I get off first shift. I ride to my driveway. I drive down my driveway and I'm in my backyard and I just cut the cough and I lay back in frustration trying to figure some things out. And, and, I, and I'm laying there when all of a sudden I heard the voice of God again say, look. And I said, what, God? And I, I sit up in my seat and I look and, 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 and he said, look. And I said, OK. I said, there's a bird. He said, yeah, look. I said, OK, it's a blackbird. OK. He said, look. I said, OK. It had an unusual ring around its neck, blue, glittery, shining brightly as the sun glistened down on it. And I said, awesome. He said, no, look. And I look in the bird's mouth. The bird's beak was full of worms. And I said, okay. And then I kept looking. And the more I looked, church, it was an unusual amount of worms. It was nowhere in the world that bird should have been able to get that amount of worms in his mouth. When all of a sudden I had a quickening moment where the scripture says, if I take care of the birds of the air, Y'all ain't hearing me in this room this morning. I will take care of you. Amen. I'm telling you, God speaks to his children when we really need to hear it. Amen, somebody. And he spoke to me. That's what I'm telling you. We serve an amazing God. Now, I, I got to go a little deeper than this because he says in Luke 12, 32, it is the father's good pleasure to give to you what? The kingdom. And this word kingdom in the Greek is basileia. This word means that he wants to give us his royalty. Reminds us of Peter's, when Peter's writing and Peter says, you are a, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. He wants to give us his rule. He wants, watch this, don't miss this. He wants to give us access to his realm. That's so good. He wants to give us his kingdom as to say, watch this. I'm going to let you live on earth but while living on earth, I will allow you to pull from your citizenship in heaven when you need what you need, however you need it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Saints of God, we're like U.S. citizens in a foreign country and we've gotten into trouble. And the only thing we know, I got to make it to the embassy. Amen, somebody. If I can just make it to the embassy, I'll be all right. And I don't know if you recognize it or not, but in this world, we're just sojourners here. So when we get in trouble in this world, we serve a God that if we can just make it to our citizenship, amen, embassy in heaven, God will begin to work everything out for our good. Do you remember the scripture in Matthew 16, 19 in Matthew 18 and 18 that says whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, he said, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom, not to the kingdom. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever. I, I've discovered that in my life. I don't know about you all, but I loved I loved operating in this authority. I love binding stuff. Yeah, I, I see that. Yeah, I see you, devil. I bind that in Jesus' name. Yeah, I see. I bind that in, but I wasn't loosing anything. He said, whatever you bind and loose. And so I learned to start saying, Lord, I bind that, but I loose your freedom. I loose your anointing. I loose your peace. I loose your joy. Amen, somebody. You got to do both in order for this thing to work. Hallelujah, somebody. But there's another text in Matthew chapter 8 where a scribe tells Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus responds in verse 20. And Jesus says this. He says, okay, I hear you, but I know something. I'm, 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 I'm all sovereign. I'm God. He says, foxes have holes. Birds of the air have nests. But the son of man 
has nowhere to lay his head. And, you know, we'll, let, we'll miss that if we just read it. We'll be like, okay, but let me break it down to you the way God gave it to me. He says, this is what Jesus says. He says, foxes have holes. What is that? That's their place of authority. That's their den. You stick your hand in a foxhole, you're not going to come out too good. Because they're going to let you know this is my domain. This is my, birds of the air have nests. You mess with some birds' nests, they will fly off, but boy, they'll swoop down. And some of them are bold enough to peck at you to try to get you away from their place of authority. So Jesus says foxes have holes, places of authority. Birds of the air have nests, places of authority. But the son of man has nowhere to lay his, his head, his, his authority. He, he wants the body of Christ to understand. I am the head. You are the body. But I'm trying to give you all my authority in the earth realm so that you can take on my authority and begin to decree, declare and use my authority in the earth realm. Amen. For the kingdom's sakes. Good. Amen. Somebody. And so I don't know. But is there anybody in this room by faith that needs to receive Jesus authority today in your situations in your lifetime? Because I'm telling you, Jesus is looking for some individuals that he can feel with his authority that will take it and by faith use it. Amen. And church, have you ever paid attention to how many times kingdom of God is mentioned when Jesus is preaching and teaching? Even in the Lord's prayer, Jesus taught us to pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Watch this. Your kingdom come. Mm -hmm. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray it quite often. We hear it quite often. It's so important to pay attention to this. Jesus said that he came to introduce us to his, watch this, vast kingdom. And saints of God, because of our human comprehension, most of the time, it's not a bad thing, but most of the time, all we know is church. Mm -hmm. And because of this, I believe we've gotten so caught up in church that we've missed Jesus and what he came to establish more than anything else. And before you start getting upset and taking your shoe off the throw pit, the pool pit, let me, let me set the record straight so that your stinking thinking don't mess anything up. Don't get it twisted. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying from this pool pit today or misinterpret what I'm preaching this morning. God's church is very, very, very important to us. The Bible tells us to forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, Hebrews 10, 25. We need our weekly fellowship in God's house and his presence and the fellowship with other believers. We need this. I need the church. You need the church. We all need the church. But what I am saying is there's a difference. There is a difference between the church and the kingdom of God. Amen. And just as I've oftentimes taught that there's a difference between being saved and being transformed because a lot of folks are saved, but not everybody's being transformed. Listen to me, saints of God. We must also understand that there's a difference between the church and the kingdom of God. Can I suggest to us this morning that the church and the kingdom of God are not synonymous? Amen. Don't confuse the church with the kingdom of God because the kingdom existed before the church did. <laughs> Jesus preached, Jesus Christ never preached church. He never did. He only mentioned it one time in the Bible, and it was never in public. He mentioned it in a private meeting with 12 brothers. He never said it publicly. And it was a conversation, go do your due diligence. Somebody's out there thinking, oh, let me see here. Okay, think, go, go do your due diligence. He never said it publicly. It was a conversation where he was talking about influence. And he began the conversation with a question. Matthew 16, 13, who do men say that I am? 
That's how the conversation began, and they were quiet because they didn't know how to answer. Then one of them said, well, Jesus, watch this, don't miss this. Some say that you are a prophet. Mm -hmm. And he went on, and he said, some say that you are uh, Elijah. Well, Elijah was a prophet, right? Some say that you are Elias, but that's a prophet. Some say that you are John the Baptist come back from the dead. That was a prophet, right? Amen. They're all prophets. Every answer was wrong, and that's important to us today. Why? Because Jesus Christ was not a prophet. Muhammad was a prophet. Mm -hmm. Joseph Smith was a prophet. The Mormons, right? And I totally understand false religions, and, 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 but as to the definition of a prophet, they, watch this, spoke for their God, lowercase g. I understand that. So Christ was never a prophet. Don't put Jesus in the same category as Muhammad. Please don't. Why is this important? Because prophets, whomever they are, speak for their God. That's what they do. But when you are God, you don't need anybody to speak for you. When you arrive, listen, when Jesus showed up on the scene, hallelujah, somebody. Jesus didn't have to do what prophets did. Prophets say, thus says the Lord. Thus says the Lord. That's what prophets do. But when Jesus showed up on the scene, Jesus said, I say unto you. <laughs> Y'all are hearing me in this place today. When Jesus showed up on the scene, Jesus said, I am that I am. When Jesus showed up on the scene, Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. So he says, I say unto you. Jesus didn't need anybody to speak for him. He spoke for the kingdom and for himself. Then Peter who was the outspoken one. Sometimes being outspoken is not a, not a bad thing, but it's not necessarily a good thing, right? But Peter, who was the outspoken one, decided to answer the question because he got a text message from heaven on his iPhone. <laughs> and the text message said, tell him thou art Christ, son of the living God. Listen, listen. The word Christ, Christos, in the Hebrew, Mashiach, in English, Messiah, it does not mean prophet. Are you hearing me in this place today? It means anointed one. It means anointed king. And here it is, saints of God. Y'all ready for this? It's a political term. Mm hmm. <laughs> Jesus letting us know, I ain't coming to take nobody's side. I'm coming to take over. Amen. <laughs> it's a political term. Thou art Christos. Thou art Mashiach. Thou art Messiah, the anointed king. But why is this important? Because prophets do not have kingdoms. And again, only kings have kingdoms. And Jesus came to establish his kingdom. Matthew 4, 17, from that point, Jesus began to preach and say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I know every time y'all hear me preach, I'm talking kingdom. I don't know why, but God just got me so dialed in on kingdom teaching, amen. So why is this important? Because he's asking them, who am I on earth to you? And especially during this time <laughs> that they were living in, but even today, most, listen to me, most politicians want Christ to just be a prophet because they want to keep him out of their business. 
when he is the king, capital K of kings, lowercase. When he is the Lord, capital L of lords, lowercase. Apostle Paul had to deal with this with Nero. Nero said Nero is God. And Paul said, no, Jesus is Lord. Right. And Jesus says upon this statement, Peter, upon this statement, disciples, that I am king, I am going to build my church. Watch this. That's the first time he mentioned church. That's the last time he mentioned church and he never mentioned the word church again in any of his teachings. He says, upon the fact that I am the anointed king, that gives me the authority to establish on earth my kingdom and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Amen. That's what Jesus come to establish because all church, it's all about us uniting and understanding this, especially at this season that we're living in today. When you look around, you don't like what you see. It's not a time to bicker, complain, and separate. It's time for the church to come together and say Jesus is Lord. It's time for Presbyterians, Pentecostals, Baptists, Episcopalians. It's time for us to come together. And I won't call anybody out by name. I don't believe in name dropping from the pulpit. But I'm going to tell you how messed up the church is. When I was lead pastoring, I was trying to use the little bit of influence I had. I called all the pastors in this area together for a prayer meeting. All I wanted to do was pray. Man, all I need you here is for five minutes to say a prayer. Even if you can't stay for the worship and the time together, you can leave. And everybody had an excuse. That's how messed up the church is. And I'm not saying that some people's excuse was not legitimate. I didn't call Pastor Chris, so he's not included. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> That's who I should have called. There you go. Amen. Now, how are we going to walk in this and be successful as churches and helping Jesus establish what he calls his kingdom? Well, let's look at this whole conversation between Jesus and this rich young ruler. And we'll start at verse 18 because you got to see this. Watch this. They pull it up on the screen. Verse 18, this is the rich young ruler, Luke, Luke's gospel. Watch this, chapter, chapter 18, right? This rich young ruler. Come on, come on. You got to get this now. This is going to be good. Luke 18, this rich young ruler, he comes to Jesus, and here, here's his conversation. The Bible says, now, a certain ruler asked him, saying, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments. He gives them the Decalogue, right? The first ten, the Ten Commandments, right? Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, verse 21. And he said, as he began to grin and smile, as if he had the upper edge like some of us do today. Oh, I got this one. He says, oh, Jesus, all these things I have kept from my youth. <laughs> and then... Clause A of verse 22 says, so when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him. Can I pause for a moment just to emphasize verse 22, the, the A clause in the whole text, see church. Jesus sees all. He knows all about every single one of us. And just when you think you got something to brag about in the presence of God, Jesus knows how to humble you. Amen. 
Because as I said earlier, he knows your propensities. He knows your proclivities. He knows your weaknesses, your Achilles. He knows everything about you. Sometimes we don't even recognize in ourselves. That's why the Apostle Paul wrote to the Christian church at Rome in Romans 12 and 3, don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought to. Mm -hmm. This rich young ruler thought it was okay. He was okay. But Jesus said, yeah, I got you. Rich young ruler. But you still lack one thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? That, that one thing sometimes we, I, I told the first service, I couldn't even think of the little gremlin's name on the Lord of the Rings. I kept calling Seagull and Smeagol and everything. It says Smeagol, right? The little precious, y'all remember that? Anybody remember Lord of the Rings? And, and he was holding on to that ring like precious. That's how some of us are over that one thing that we need to give up that we keep holding on to. Amen, somebody. <laughs> you lack one thing. Sell all you have and distribute it to the poor. You will have treasure in heaven. Come, follow me. Bible says, but when he heard this, he became very sorrowful for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he became very sorrowful, he said, how hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God? Verse 25, for it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the what? Kingdom of God. And those who heard it, verse 26 said, who then can be saved? But he said to them, watch this, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Verse 28, then Peter said, see, we have left all to follow you. So he said to them, assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house, parents, brothers, wife, children for the sake of the what? Kingdom of God, who shall not receive many times more in this present time and in the age to come. I told the first service about in the old, I remember as a child in the old Baptist church I grew up in. Y'all know I'm a Baptocostal, right? Amen. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost now. Amen. But I, I was raised in the old Baptist church. And they used to have what, what some people refer to as the old Negro, Negro spirituals, right? And, um, um, and I remember they had this one song pastor they sung. And I, you know, as a child, you know, you try to get this stuff in your head. And it's build, anybody ever heard this song, Build Me a Cabin in the Corner of Glory Land? They used to love singing that song, right? Yeah, <laughs> Tracy laughed. They <laughs> used to love singing that song. And, I, and then the more and more I matured and grew, I was like, man, oh, I'm, I'm living this life. I ain't trying to die just to go get a cabin in the corner. <laughs> Is that all I'm going to get? <laughs> Is a cabin in the corner? Jesus says, verse 30, who not, shall not, watch this, receive many times more in this present time. So not only is the blessings of eternal rewards in heaven, but amen, God is going to bless you here on earth. Amen. Note verse 24, verse 25 and 29. Note all three of these verses, 24, 25, 29. In other verses, they said the, uh, heaven. It talked about heaven. We see the kingdom of God mentioned three times by Jesus. Kingdom of God. This rich young ruler went away expressionless with sorrow. He had not a word to say. He couldn't say anything. He, he had no doubt as to what Jesus said. He knew exactly what Jesus meant because the Bible says he was very rich. And what did it do? It produced in him a sorrow 
that did not have any words. And I wonder today, have you ever been there? Has God's word ever come to you about something that you are very rich in and you really don't want to let it go? And then you become sorrowful. And here's a great question for us today. Listen to this. Are you more devoted to your idea of what Jesus wants than to Jesus himself and what he really wants? Let, let me repeat that because I, I think you need to hear that. Are you more devoted to your idea of what Jesus wants rather to, 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 to Jesus himself and what he really wants? Because sometimes we'll hear what Jesus said, but our mindset becomes, you know, well, I'll sacrifice, but I won't fully be obedient in that area. And the Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice, right? Amen. Everybody say it with me. Obedience is better than sacrifice. So I know God, the word says tithe, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put, put a couple of pennies in the, in the offer. I'm going to sacrifice a couple of pennies, but I'm going to keep my tithe. And, and, and there you go trying to sacrifice but not be obedient. And God, I know you said don't, don't, don't fornicate, but Lord, you know I got needs. Y'all, <laughs> boy, y'all, I can hear a pin drop. If I had a pin, I... Lord, I know you said that I shouldn't, you know, do this and do that, but I, I'm going to do this, but I'll I refrain from that. And there you are trying to offer sacrifices without being fully obedient. But the Bible says he desires our obedience more than anything else. Amen, somebody. <laughs> Jesus tells this rich young ruler, sell all. And my question for us today, what is your all? It may not be the rich young rulers all, but you're rich in something that God wants you to release. You're rich in something that God wants you to let go. What are you holding on to that Jesus wants you to release and let go so that you can fully enjoy his kingdom here on earth and one day have eternal life in his kingdom in heaven? What, what, what do you have locked away in your heart and in your mind that you refuse to let it go? Some of you know that song, I think I better let it go. I'm sorry, reel your minds back in. That, that's, that's too far back, amen. Hallelujah, I'm sorry. So, this may seem like a hard question. And Jesus' challenge may seem difficult to accomplish, to just let it go. But I do have good news for us all today it's in the text. It's in the text. And, and, and we'll start reading at verse 24 after Jesus saw this young man's frustration and his sorrow like many of us find ourselves today when he's telling us to release it and let it go and release it and let it go and stop doing this and stop worrying about that. And we keep holding on to it. There's good news in the text today. Jesus says, watch this. He says, verse 24, how hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God? For verse 25, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of neither than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. I love it because this is us speaking out of desperation here. They represent every single one of us today. It says those who were listening said, my goodness, Jesus. Verse 26, who then can be saved? <laughs> Verse 27, here it is. Jesus says, here's the good news. The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Oh my God, church, I love the fact that God never leaves us clueless as to how. 
He never leaves us clues as to how we're going to make it, how we're going to get through. Amen. It seems impossible when we look at each other and we try to figure out how it's going to take place in this earth realm. But boy, when we link up with the Holy Ghost and when we link up with God, amen, somebody. God says with him, all things are possible in this church is how we surrender our all to God, not worrying, not fretting, not doubting, not thinking and thinking and thinking because that's what we do. We see situations and boy, we start pondering on it and we start thinking and thinking and you look around and you see the news and you see the world at large and you don't like what you see and you're filled with questions of what if? And at the end of the day, all God requires is that I totally surrender to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And watch this, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is gonna take care of everyone who resides in his kingdom. Did you hear what I just said? Are you just living here in the earth realm? Are you living in the earth realm, but understand your citizenship is in the kingdom where I can go draw what I need while I live here in the earth realm? Because the king always provides for his citizens. So I can release my strongholds to Jesus <laughs> because with God, all things are possible. I told the first service, one of the problems we have in church today, we don't like being transparent. We don't like being transparent because we're afraid of people going to look at us, they're going to talk about us, they're going to judge us. I remember, I remember Pastor, I, I got to say this, I remember in my, in my home church, I remember, boy, we had a, uh, an explosion take place in a little Baptist church in, in Belton, South Carolina. Youth were coming in. We had this big youth ministry we were running. Youth were coming in from all the other churches. And I remember, boy, them, them, them kids, I don't know at that time where they went and got that Pentecostalism, but they started speaking in tongues. They started that shouting and running and dancing, and the charismatic flow hit that church like never before. And I remember there was a young girl who was one of the bright, shining kids in that ministry. My wife is a witness of this. I remember one Sunday, the Spirit of God was so high, chains were breaking and falling. And I remember this young girl got up in front of the church, tears flowing down her face. And she said, you all see me shouting. You all see me dancing. You all see me speaking in tongues. But I've had a stronghold. And this is, this is her words. I, will, I, I, I know this kid. She's a grown woman. Now I love this girl. She said, I've been fornicating more than I can imagine. And all those Baptist folk. <gasps> See there, I told you. Yeah, I told you they wasn't real. And my heart was broken. Because nobody loved that girl. She was crying out for help. But everybody judged her, and nobody loved on her. She had repented to God, but she was like, church, help me in my journey. Those of you who are senior, those of you who've made it through this. But everybody who was senior and had made it through it, they didn't want nobody to know they struggled with it too. So they judged her. She felt like an outcast. She felt like Jesus didn't love her anymore. How's Jesus going to love us through you and I? Yeah, his, his love comes down from heaven. Amen. But she was trying to surrender her all, understanding that all things were possible to God. So 
what we do in church, typically we hide our secret stuff. Are you going to tell him? No, I ain't telling. No, I ain't telling nobody. I will go to the grave with this. That's what we say to ourselves. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Amen. I don't want nobody to know what I'm struggling with because I don't trust nobody with my stuff. And I, I, I preach this all. You can't trust everybody with your stuff, but you got to trust somebody. Because sometimes you can not only go to Jesus, you need somebody that's stronger than you in the earth realm that you can go to and say, please pray for me. And there's a covering prayer that some people got, boy, they can deliver your soul from the pits of hell. Are you listening to me in the sanctified place? So again, what are you holding on to that's limiting your victorious Christian living? As I close today, we must totally surrender and give our all to Jesus. Surrendering your all is what it's all about. And when we come to the place where we're at the end of ourselves, can I tell you, Jesus begins and he will take over victorious from that day forward. And he will bless your life tremendously. Stand on your feet with me today. Since 94, I've been in church, and I've seen the what we call playing church stuff. I don't, I don't have time for that, man. I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I don't have time for games. I don't have time for, for issues, problems. I, I, I just don't. I don't. I, I've learned through some wise people. My mother, my mother by all means, is, is one of those women who's not a perfect woman, but boy, I learned some lessons from my mom. And Like I told you before, I don't have time to be a garbage can to let people dump stuff off on me. I just don't have time. I don't have time for negativity. You don't have time. We, we got to live. And if we're going to live for Jesus with total victory, come on, saints of God. We got to learn that's some stuff we got to cut off. Psst, have you heard? No, nope, I, I don't want to hear. But sometimes, man, it's almost like we got a proclivity to want to hear the negative, the gossip, all the mess. And God is telling us, Clean up your communication. That, that's an area that he, he wants us to totally surrender in so that we can fully walk in victory. Come on. He wants us to walk in victory. He wants us to be whole. He wants us to be complete. He wants us to have nothing missing, nothing broken. Amen. Don't mean you won't face tribulations and trials, but we preach it all the time. Pastors preach it over and over again. Be of good cheer, Jesus said, for I've overcome this world. So I, I want to I tell you today, he wants to tremendously let you bask in his kingdom where you can draw everything you need for in this earth realm. But what are you holding on to that you got to let go? As the praise team sings softly, amen. I just want to, I just want to, I just want to pray for you, but I also want to offer Christ to somebody in this room today that may not know him as Savior, as Lord. I, I want to give you an opportunity to surrender your all to him and walk in him, walk in his victory. 
Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this time that we've had together. I pray that this word resonates with us all, God, that it's about you, Jesus. It's all about your kingdom and what you require from us. It's total obedience, God. You, you require that we surrender our all to you. And I pray, God, that you begin to break strongholds right now in this room. I demand it be broken in Jesus' name. I, I demand, Holy Spirit, you loose that man. Let him go. Loose that woman. Let her go free, God, in you, God, in your presence, in your anointing. There's purpose on their lives, God. I thank you, God, for the call, for the design, for the mandate that you got on every single one of us. And Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus, you came to give us, give us life and life abundantly, God. And we receive it today with gladness. But for anybody in this room that don't know Jesus as your Savior and as your Lord, here it is. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sins. I turn from my wicked ways. And I pray, God, that you forgive me of everything I've ever done. And I pray you come into my heart and save me. And I feel a pull towards somebody who may be backslidden right now. I feel God saying, turn, 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 yeah, turn, turn to me. I'll restore. That's the word for you. God says, I'll restore everything you lost. I'll help you make up time because my time is not like man's time. A day to me is like a thousand years. A thousand years is like a day. I, I'll, I'll help make up time in your life, but I need you to turn from those wicked ways and turn to me. I will restore you, says the Lord. I feel the anointing of God in this room. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but God is saying you got total victory. Walk in it. Walk in it. Hallelujah. We give you praise, God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I give myself away. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings. Our service times are 9 o'clock and 1045. For more information, please visit us at highpraises.org.